You're listening to the Wellness Insider Network, episode number 52. Welcome to the Wellness Insider Network podcast, a place where you discover how to create a balanced, vibrant, and stress-free life with the right food, herbs, and self-care techniques. I'm your host, Lana Camille. I'm a college professor, drug information pharmacist, and an herbalist. Thank you for joining me on this adventure. Let's get the show started. Hi there. I hope you're having a great week. Do you know how to make a really awesome cup of herbal tea or maybe a plant oil or why this is a really useful skill to have in your life? I first met um, my today's guest when I took her class on herbal oil making and has been fascinated by her work ever since. Her name is Cami McBride. In 1995, Cami created Living Awareness Institute with the mission of helping to promote a culture of love and respect for the earth. Over the past 30 plus years, she has been teaching and inspiring others how to use herbs in their daily lives, whether it is for cooking or gardening or skincare, stress reduction, preventative health, and so much more. Cami's work is focused on sustainable wellness practices and revitalizing our relationship with the plant world. And by the end of this episode, you'll appreciate her perspective on life and healing and will enjoy her recommendations for better health and wellness. Enjoy. Hello, Cami. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so glad to be with you today. Thank you. I am so delighted as well. So uh, I have lots of questions for you today. But before we begin, I wanted to ask you a little bit about how you got interested in herbal medicine. Could you tell us your story? I know that uh, things have uh, change that happened for you early in your childhood that when you were a youngster, you knew that this is something that you wanted to do. But I r- really would love our listeners to learn more as well. Well, you know, I got, I was smitten by the plants when I was young, but I didn't know that it's what I wanted. It wasn't until later that I figured it out. But my grandfather um, was an ecologist. <clears throat> and in 1965, <laughs> he said, the problem with children today is they don't spend enough time in nature. <laughs> okay. you know, that was a long time ago. It's much worse now. And so he started one of the very first nature camps. So nature camps are kind of everywhere now, but they weren't back then. And in our whole, you know, counties around, he started a nature camp and I loved him and I loved that camp. (laughs) And you found me at that camp every day of the summer from the time that I was seven years old until I was 14. And he was so smart because he would hire students from the local university in the biology departments to come teach about nature. (laughs) So there were all these botanists that came and started, you know, I went on my first herb walk when I was eight years old. And I just remember like tunnel vision that day, the first one, learning about these plants that I had been around, you know, so all my life, you know, and, and just thinking, oh my gosh, it, it just 
just opened up a whole new world for me. And, and just from that day forward, everything that I could find, every little like thread, because, you know, you have to, this is 30 years ago or longer. And there, there weren't blogs. There wasn't the internet there. You had to go to the library and there was one book on herbs in the library and herbal medicine, holistic health was not a common word. And so I spent years just picking up like every little thread and weaving it together, you know, just weaving these tiny threads together. And um, then when I was in my early, when I was 19, I was diagnosed with a tumor on my brain and I had to have that tumor surgically removed. And so when to get to your brain, they open up your head so it was a very traumatic experience. And, you know, we didn't know if it was cancer. We, you know, it was just, it was horrific. And when I was done with the surgery, when I was in the post-surgery room and saw my doctor, he said, you know, what, what medications do you take? And I told him and he said, nobody's going to tell you this. But that medication is the reason why you're here. I do surgery all day long on women that have been on that medication. So stop taking that. <laughs> and that was it. You know, so at 19, it was a big wake up call, like, oh, okay. And so I went home and I started looking at all my elders that I loved very much. And I started to notice that they were all on meds, mm-hmm. <laughs> multiple meds. And I started reading that little white paper, you know, that's folded 50 times yeah. with microscopic writing. And I just realized that, wow, there's, there's something really wrong here because now that you, once you're a statistic, once you're a side effect, everything is different. You don't think like, oh, I can't be a side effect because you've been one <laughs> and the side effects are real. And so I asked a question. I said, oh my gosh, isn't there another way? There must be another way. Mm-hmm. And at that point I was, you know, 20 years old. And soon after that, for the very first time, I heard the word holistic health. I heard that word. I followed that trail. I followed the trail. I followed the trail and I found herbal medicine. And when I um, took my first class in herbal medicine, I just, I couldn't, I I couldn't believe it with, with Rosemary Gladstar. It was like, here were these people talking about the living earth and how much they love the earth and how much they love the plants. Like I had since I was little and I had never had that reflected back to me ever. And that was it. <laughs> there was it just it just like the key fit in the hole, right? In my whole being just was singing. It it's always fascinating for me to hear the story of healers because very often part of the healing is, you know, part of becoming a healer is healing yourself. And so I so much appreciate your story and your path. So in 1995, you created Living Awareness Institute. And so the main mission of the Institute was to inspire a culture of love and respect to the earth. You are clearly very passionate about the subject, about the the plant medicine, herbal medicine. And I wanted to ask you a little bit more about how did you make this decision and how the Institute became what it is today? Yeah, so... You know, when I when I was studying herbal medicine in the 80s and the 90s, there there were like I was saying, there was very little cultural reflection that that was something that could be done. Mm-hmm. And I remember my grandfather and my father sitting down and having a talk with me, just like, "What are you doing with your life? You you know, we put you through college, <laughs> and and it was just 
it was such an overwhelming, heartwelling, you know, just the pull of my being there. I, I, it overrode all family restrictions, all cultural restrictions. It just pulled me right through all of the blocks that said, you don't, it, it doesn't exist. It's not happening. And I just, I just went for it. And so I just, I, I studied with many, many different teachers. And so one of the things that, that I was definitely exposed to was this, this whole concept of seven generations, you know, to do things in a way that have seven generations in mind. And I really had this feeling of like, how are we going to do that? If you're not raised like that, if you're not raised, if you're raised with, well, I can do it because I thought of it. You know, I can do anything. Everything is there for the taking. Right. I remember asking my grandfather, how can they cut down that forest to build houses? He said, because they thought of it. Mm. And that's the cultural premise. I thought of it. I got I got in before the rules were made and I can do it. And so how do we go from that cultural entitlement of just it's there for the taking, the earth is there for the taking to I am going to create rules and do things with seven generations in mind. And that was the nexus of all my herbal studies, just everything. That question became the guiding force of everything I've done since then. How do we inspire such a love for the earth, such a way of teaching our children and raising our children so that they have this seven generations principle instead of the earth is there for the taking? And so this question, how do we inspire that? How do we inspire love and care for the earth in the deepest way has guided every single decision from then until now. And so I created the Living Awareness Institute to evolve our culture into one that honors the earth and raises up children, raises up the next generation to not only be able to know how to take care of themselves using herbal medicine so they don't have to be a side effect, so they don't have to start from scratch, but to also be able to take care of the earth as they take care of themselves. It is so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for this reminder. It's it's incredibly important. Um, tell us a little bit about what the Institute is like today. Right. Well, I teach um, retreats. I take, uh, so my vision, it was to uh, gather the women, mm-hmm. listen to the earth, make herbal medicines, and evolve our kitchen and the, the the culture our culture begins in the kitchen mm-hmm. <laughs> with how we nourish ourselves and how we nourish our families and so for you know 20 whatever however long that's been mm-hmm. <laughs> 20 something years um i've been having uh, i have retreats where we come we listen to the earth we do deep listening um, and I help people remember their, the, like their personal relationship with the earth from their heart and their whole body. Because most people that are interested in herbs and plants have some place along the line when they were young, a child, where the earth really reached out to them and spoke to them and they could feel it. And I have people really remember that, that awe and that deep connection that they felt as a child. And, and then we make medicine or making herbal medicine is just, it, it's a joy and a pleasure. And, um, and, you know, I've been focused on helping moms and, fa- you know, women mainly be able to take care of themselves and their family, home herbalism, 
we've been uh, focused on reviving the art of home herbalism. And now in the last few years from, you know, I've just for years, I've gotten requests from people from Iowa or whatever states where there there aren't any herbal classes. And so I put all my work online in the last few years. And so now people can take medicine making uh, classes with me online also. That is wonderful. What I wanted to mention is that it's really awesome that there are online classes and I have taken a number of different herbal classes and I absolutely love them. I always learn so many new things and including uh, one of your classes that I have taken uh, last year. But I think that nothing can really truly compare with retreats because you actually are able to do so much more and to appreciate and to enjoy your experience so much more. You're in a di- completely different environment. And so that that's part of it. And this is something that I do with different conferences that I attend. You come back and uh, I'm, I always hear that um, some, someone mentions, oh, you're, you're so happy. You look so rejuvenated and you just feel full of sunshine. So I really, so to anyone that who is listening to this and is considering to do one of the retreats, I am, I highly recommend them. So as I mentioned that, um, I met you, uh, through one of your classes, Rosalie de la Foray, uh, ha- shared, uh, a class that you, um, uh, were doing at the time on handcrafted healing herbal oils. And I was very curious. I was very interested and I wanted to take this class and I want to ask you to talk a little bit about this particular course. How uh, it started for you. What was the inspiration? Why oils? How does it fit into this whole big scheme of things? Right. So I, my online course, Handcrafted Healing Herbal Oils, is a specific focus course on how to create herbal infused oils, not essential oils, but oils infused with herbs for your self-care, first aid, everyday common ailments, aches and pains, and uh, yeah, self-care. And so one of the things that I, I definitely love is herbal medicine making, you know, harvesting those plants or, or even, you know, getting in the, getting them in the mail dried and transforming them into your apothecary, trans, you know, taking nature and transforming it into your proactive healthcare plan, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so those herbal medicines and then having everyone in your family be able to get on board, get on the herbal train with you. And there are certain herbal medicines that really lend themselves to that really well. So that are easy to make, easy to use, safe, and most people enjoy them. And so there's things like herbal teas, which I think fall into that category. But the other, the thing about the herbal oils is they're not for one-off sickness. They're not for like, oh, I'm getting a cold. They are something that you can use every day safely. They don't have all the restrictions that essential oils have or the safety issues. And what they are is they're they're just so incredible for the nervous system and for rejuvenation and um, and anti-inflammatory and they take care of, they take care of so many things that w- the reason why I love the oils is one of the the, the best ways to onboard it, your family into herbalism 
is because your whole family can slop around in them safely. (laughs) So the kids can use them. They like everybody can use them. And that is the thing when you're learning herbal medicine, you don't wait until you're sick. You need to have herbs integrated in your, into your everyday life so that you learn a little bit at a time all the time. And see, cause see the problem, one of the things is we are trying to download generations of information right now in the herbal world. Most of us, uh, you know, not everybody, but a lot of us, many of my students have that have had a cultural disrupt, a cultural interruption, and we we weren't raised with herbal medicine. And so we're now all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, I gotta do this. But see, herbal medicine is a generational knowledge, it's a generational art. It you don't even learn it in a lifetime. And we are being exposed to more information in a year than our great grandmothers were in most of their life. And so this is why I'm really big on uh, herbal oils and also using herbal spices in your food as ways to simply every day have that point of contact so that you can integrate it a little bit every day and not just try to jam it in through your brain, you know, here and there. And so the oils do that. They, you can put them on your skin. They're super safe. And they're, they're just a really good way to have the people, you and the people around you get, build your confidence. Because that's the thing when you're first learning herbs, it's, it's about the confidence. It's like, oh God, am I going to hurt somebody? Or, you know, do I really know what I'm doing? And the thing is that the oils are so safe that you can, you can really learn without having to worry about that. I really love your message. And I think several things that really uh, come up for me is first, the fact that, and I mentioned this a number of times earlier in my earlier episodes, that um, I am a pharmacist by training first. And so I became an herbalist after I already had my pharmacy degree. And so what was interesting is that as a uh, as a conventional healthcare professional, I used a lot of different books and I used a lot of different resources, like very much like left brain resources that helped me to understand the adverse effects and the indications and uses and all of these things. I never really learned much about herbs until I started using them. And so that first cup of tea or that very first oil that you infuse, until you really appreciate the taste and the smell and the beauty of the plant and how it feels in your body, you really don't know anything because all those monographs and all these, you know, um, uh, tomes of literature that we are getting, they really do not sink in, as you correctly mentioned, they really don't become a part of you until you have a very different memory and you have very different appreciation of uh, the substances and, you know, the this potent medicine. So thank you for that. Yeah, you have to have one foot in each world. It's fine to be reading and all the science, but you, we are sensory beings. We are navigation, you know, we are Our bodies are a fine-tuned instrument to be able to perceive through our senses. And plants communicate with us through our senses. And so if we're just trying to stuff in through the brain, there's just a whole realm of of deep learning that, that doesn't happen because it's not coming through your body. The plants speak to us through the senses, through our sensory experience of them. And that's how we know what's right for us and what's not not right for us. It's an, it's an intersection. It's a, um, you know, it's a relationship. It's not just like, these are the facts. I'm going to use you to do this. There is a relationship happening. 
So it's very interesting that you said that it's a sensory perception for us and it's a conversation and I completely agree. And so I remember, I can't remember exactly who was the herbalist that I was learning this from, but um, someone was talking about consuming capsules versus consuming teas or oils or, you know, variety of different uh, dosage forms, other uh, dosage forms. And I remember hearing that when you are consuming the, the traditionally made products that your sense of smell and taste actually help you a great deal to prevent any of the toxicities and side effects because you can never take too much your body is just not going to allow you 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 just you won't you won't allow it you won't enjoy it you won't appreciate it and so that was also the very first time when I recognized that that's an, a very important concept absolutely yes it's you know, again, that we are, we are, we are a vehicle. We are a finely tuned vehicle to, you know, we're just the top of the food chain right now. So we, our senses are dumbed down. We don't, we don't have to pay attention. We don't have to know what the birds are saying. We don't have to perceive nature every day, but it wasn't that long ago that we weren't the top of the food chain. And when there's a predator above you that could possibly eat you, believe me, your senses, your senses are listening to the plants, the trees, the birds, everything around you. And so, like I said, it's, you know, we've moved into cities where, you know, our senses have just been really um, narrowed down. And one of the things about working with the plants and being with the plants is that they, you actually have the capacity to reawaken and reactivate those senses in a very profound way that not only helps you with herbalism, but really affects your how you walk in your life. Thank you. Thank you for this. So um, I wanted to ask you a little bit, uh, to talk a little bit about your uh, book. So I know that you're an author of The Herbal Kitchen, 50 Easy to Find Herbs and Over 250 Recipes to Bring Lasting Health to You and Your Family. Um, when did you decide to write this book? So I wrote Herbal the, Kid, the Herbal Kitchen almost 10 years ago. And I had been teaching for, for many, many years in all the junior colleges and just really teaching my community, really working with my community to educate and, you know, bring us all to a, a level of loving where we live and learning how to listen to our bodies more. And I really was just always looking for what's, what's that way in? How can we love that? My original question that I told you, how do I inspire that? And as a teacher, one of the things, as you know, it, you, you're more effective if you start where people are at, mm -hmm. right? So instead of just like bringing in all these new herbs and concepts, you start where people are at. And I just always was like, where are people at? I really studied my students. And one day I was like, oh, everybody in this classroom loves basil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> everybody in this class, like you bring garlic and people almost jump, jump out of their seat with excitement. You know, or you start talking for some people, it's cilantro. I just started watching people's body language and excitement, like, oh my gosh, I love basil. You know, they're, they're the tone of their voice, right? And so it was just like people were, you know, and then I would hear people say, I don't know anything about herbal medicine. I don't know anything about herbs. But then here they have all these amazing experiences with garlic and basil. And I just, it just like hit me the way in is through the kitchen spice rack. Mm -hmm. There is a powerful apothecary just sitting there right there in 
most people's homes that we just forgot how to use. I mean, think about that. The, the herbs in the spice rack are there because they're, there's a lot of reasons. For, and it's not just for flavor. And if I could just help people remember what they already have and how a little bit more about how to use what they already love, we're there. You don't have to know 100 herbs. Just know the eight really well that you love to cook with. And, you know, then it's like so it was so empowering for people to go, oh, yeah, I know about oregano. It's this, this and this. And to feel like that is enough. We the curse of today is the overwhelm of information and the feeling in our bodies that we will never know enough. Mm -hmm. That we have to keep, keep, I got to know more, I got to know more. Even really seasoned herbalists that have been practicing for 30, 40 years that I've talked to have that feeling of like, oh God, I need to know more. It's like, we don't need to know more. We need to know less and we need to, we need to know what we know deeply. I completely agree with you. And uh, something that comes to my mind right now, is it better to know uh, 10 uses for one herb or one use for 10 herbs? And so once again, the same idea that things that are close to us and things that we are able to utilize are always the best. Um, I'm timing myself in terms of the time when I'm recording uh, this particular interview, but tomorrow morning, I have a guest that is coming to uh, teach my pharmacy students. And we have, she's a chef. She's an organic chef who is going to bring a variety of different uh, spices, herbs and spices that are made in different dishes. And so we're going to experience them. And so I am especially appreciating this interview because of this, because of the experience that's coming tomorrow. But what I wanted to um, ask you a little bit more about is um, you have a wide, uh, wide variety of topics that you cover in this particular book, from herbal waters and drinks to smoothies and honeys and vinegars and cordials and geese and pestos and salts and so on and so forth. Were there certain preparations that you enjoyed the most or used the most in your, in your own life and perhaps recommend the most? Can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah, so the Herbal Kitchen is really, you know, it's not an herbal cookbook, like, you know, how much time to put in your baked chicken, you know, right. it's really um, the 250 recipes are recipes that I developed over the last 20 years with my students in class to bring herbs into our meals and to create condiments, pantry items, you know, kind of like, you know, when you when you make jam, and so it's already made up, you don't have to make jam every time you want jam. It's the same concept, you can make an herbal vinegar, or you can make an herbal honey or an herbal salt. And now you've got the herbs into a form that are usable every day, you can just you just put it on your table and you use it. And so the whole goal is to really get more herbs into your food. And so I love, um, I love herbal salts. I love herbal pestos. And these are ways to just, you know, you're already eating salt. So many people are already using honey. They're already using vinegar in their salad dressings. And so if you're going to use an oil or a vinegar in your food, <laughs> you might as well have herbs infused to it, right? <laughs> so you're just always getting, you really do want herbs at every meal. One of the things about our food supply is, you know, not only is all the pr processed food, you know, not good for you, but there aren't any herbs in there to help you to digest it. And when you cook food at home and you prepare meals at home, all of the herbs in your spice rack, they all 
you know, they're there for flavor, but they're really there to help you digest your food. And you really don't want to eat a single meal without the herbs and spices to help you digest it. And, you know, as you know, digestion takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It uses up a significant amount of of our energy every day. And so you want help at a meal. You, You want spices and herbs infused into your meal every day to help you, to save you energy and to help you to digest your food. And so that's why I created the Herbal Kitchen is to give people really easy ways to create, um, you know, condiments so that you can just start infusing your meals with food. And what I say is that your herbs and your spices are actually the bridge to your nutrition. And that you can eat food, but when you have those herbs and spices in there, you digest your food better, you absorb your nutrients better, and you eliminate waste better. So they are, they're the bridge to effective nutrition. This is great. Thank you. Do you have maybe a couple of uh, ideas for someone who is listening to this, where they would start? Perhaps like one particular area that you find the easiest for them to think about? Okay, so here's what you do. (laughs) Do you know what a lazy Susan is? You know, those little lazy Susans that spin? Okay, you get one of those, one that you like, and you put it on your table. Mm -hmm. And then you go into your spice cabinet and you pick out the four spices, herbs that you know, is it paprika? Is it cayenne? Is it coriander? Um, Is it pepper? Is it cinnamon? Pick out four that you like and take them out of the back 40 of your spice cabinet and put them in a salt shaker on your table. Mm -hmm. And then if you have children, they can't not touch them and they start putting them on this. And pretty soon they figure out, oh, you know, cinnamon doesn't really go on eggs, you know, and they figure it out. And then pretty soon everybody's starting to sprinkle the herbs on their meal appropriately. And it helps your entire, everybody that you eat with kind of just up level their herbal knowledge through this experience of, wow, how can, how will this taste and how much do I like? So it's a very subtle, sneaky way <laughs> to teach herbalism in the home that is so simple. And I have I have hundreds of moms that have emailed me saying, OMG, this has been the biggest game changer for my kids and getting them, you know, interested in the herbs and spices. And and I think it's a really good point that we are when you are starting to play with herbs and spices, you eventually learn. So um I mentioned this uh, in other episodes of this particular podcast. I came originally from, I was born in Ukraine. And so uh, there were only a very few spices that were typically used, salt, pepper, cinnamon. And so when I came here to the United States, this was a whole new world in many different ways. And spices was one of them. So my introduction to spices was not a simple one just because I was not used to this back home, but getting to know some of the spices that initially were not too hot, like maybe thyme and and cinnamon and things of that type, and later kind of graduating to things that might be a little more heating or have a little bit more bite to them was a very useful learning experience for me. And I can tolerate a lot more heat these days in comparison to what it was like earlier. But I also recognize that I am adding a lot of things into my everyday meals that probably would not be there 
you know, 15, 20 years ago, just because I didn't know how to use them. And also learning more about different recipes and how to appropriately the, the amounts of certain things that you can add and later recognizing, oh, this is more heating than something else. Or I can put a little bit more of this versus something else. So, so getting to know these things is incredibly important. So thank you for that reminder. Yeah. So what I wanted to ask you, in addition to the herbal kitchen, um, do you have other favorite resources in herbal medicine, whether places to purchase herbs or maybe places to learn more about different herbs? I know you send out a wonderful newsletter um, that I uh, highly recommend our audience to subscribe to. Um, but are there any additional resources that you would recommend for people to explore? Yeah, well, uh, on my website at livingawareness.com, I have a, a, a button that's called resources. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you click on that, literally my Rolodex of resources is on there. Where to get equipment, dried herbs, fresh herbs, seeds, just like really anything that you would need for, for learning in your herbal medicine making. I There's just a huge list there. So I recommend going there. But I also have my course, my online course, Herbal Kitchen Remedy Solutions, mm-hmm. which is really a deep dive into uh, how to really activate your kitchen so that really it is the center of generating health in your home and how to really bring herbs into a, into your kitchen into a way that's just delicious and easy you know especially if you aren't raised with it it's 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 like how do we how do we do that and so i've i've created an online course for that we really focused on Building that confidence, because one of the things I've really noticed over the years is that my students or other teachers that I know that were actually raised with herbs, you know, they grew up with like a grandmother or a grandfather or somebody that knew herbal medicine. And then my students that are just starting from scratch, it is they are like night and day in their confidence. Even my student, even my for myself, 30 years of studying, my confidence and assuredness is really nothing like somebody who was raised with it in the household every day. Mm-hmm. And so think about that. Even after 30 years, you you just can't replace that. And and so my biggest message is to 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 start now and especially really make sure that the young people around you are being exposed so that they can just get it in their bones and just know that it works. And, you know, I see that in my son. He just, he doesn't have a second thought. I still have second thoughts because I was raised in a symptom suppressive, you know, lifestyle. And, you know, and, and so I see these kids of my children and my son, how they just, it's just in them. And that's what we want to do is, is raise up this next generation, totally related to the earth and confident in, in um, their exploration of working with the plants. I love this. Thank you so much. Um, Cami, could you talk uh, to us a little bit on how someone could find a little bit more about you and from you? What is your home on the internet? <laughs> well, livingawareness.com on Facebook um, or Living Awareness on Facebook, Cami McBride on Instagram and www.livingawareness.com uh, in, you know, is my website 
and um, the best thing is to, to do is to get on my newsletter and then I send you information on the retreats. And I also send just a, a ton of free um, videos on how to make herbal medicine, how to use it. And I love those. So yes, thank you. Definitely, definitely. So thank you for that. So as we are coming to an end of this uh, conversation, this interview, I wanted to ask if, if there are any topics that perhaps we have not discussed that you want to leave this audience with, or maybe some pearls of wisdom that you want to share. You know, one of, one of the things is having had the fortune to really have worked with thousands of students and for me, it's not just about studying, you know, studying herbal medicines, it's about studying the culture and how we change the culture, right? And the number one thing that I've heard hundreds and hundreds of people say is, wow, I wish I would have learned this earlier. Mm. That's the number one thing. I wish I would have learned this when I had my kids. I wish. And so my message is to just start, is to start and to start in a way that feels good to your body. And that, that like when I talked about earlier, this welling up in your chest that makes you happy, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. how you want to start. Does that mean you want to grow something? Does that mean you like to dabble in the kitchen and mix things together? You know, it's don't like, don't think that you should should learn about herbs this way because then it just becomes this mechanical thing like like so much of our life find that spark of like oh this really makes me happy i love doing this one thing you don't have to know the 47 different ways of preparing the medicine find the one that's juicy for you and let it be a living nurturing art in your home this is so beautiful thank you thank you so much such a beautiful way to finish this interview Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. I I love what you're doing. I love the reach that you're having and your inspiration and what you're bringing to the world is also really beautiful. Thank you for very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Cammie McBride. You can find all the links mentioned in today's episode at wellnessinsidernetwork.com slash 52. Are we connected on social media? If not, please join our community to continue this conversation at Wellness Insider Network Facebook group by heading over to wellnessinsidernetwork.com slash community. This episode is proudly brought to you by Cami's Herbal Tea Kickstart Guide. She is a great teacher, and as you know, in the past, I have taken her courses. Today, I'd like to share with you her wonderful introductory course for anyone who's interested in learning how to make delicious and nutritious herbal teas. In this course, you will learn why herbal teas are so important for your overall health, what are some of the basics of making herbal teas while saving money, how to get the right proportions of herbal ingredients, how to combine some of the teas, and so much more. You can learn more about uh, Camus course on the show notes at wellnessinsidernetwork.com slash 52. I very much enjoy Camus courses and learn a great deal from them. And I know you will too. Thanks again for being here. I appreciate you. Be smart, be healthy, be you.